It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, we've been walking through a series called Heroic Moments in History, and we're not really talking heroic moments. We're actually talking about people and just kind of how God has showcased himself through their lives in these heroic aspects. And we've been defining heroism, just that idea of looking at looking at a situation from God's perspective, mm-hmm. not looking at, as the Elisha story, the, the horses and chariots around us, but looking at mm-hmm. God's horses and chariots of fire roundabout, mm-hmm. and just what does it mean to live that life of faith? Do you want to just give an introduction to this person that we're going to talk about today? She's actually a rather unknown character. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we bring up a lot of like Hudson Taylors and Amy Carmichael's, but she doesn't get mentioned as often. Uh, so there's probably a lot of people who don't even know who she mm-hmm. is. Her name is sort of hard to say, which is one reason, you know, that she gets relegated down. Mary Slesser. Uh, and she's this spunky. Here's my mental picture. <laughs> she's short like Gladys Aylward. I picture her being under five feet tall. Technically, I don't think we could find any evidence that she was short. You're just like, are you sure she's short? I go, I think she's short. I never saw her, right? And so, and you said every picture we seem to have of her, she's sitting down. So she could be short, but uh, she had, I don't know, blazing red hair. That's at least my my memory of it. And she had the attitude that went with that blazing uh, red hair, sort of Anne Shirley type of break the slate over Gilbert Blythe's head (laughs) type of uh, feistiness. But that's part of what is lovable about her is she was feisty, not just for her own sake and her, her, you know, defense of her own redheadedness, but for the glory of Jesus Christ. That's right. And you, you forgot a key aspect of her too, which I actually really appreciate which would be her great Scottish accent. Oh, yes. Uh, being from Scotland, yeah. there's there's that great sound. Yeah, sorry I left that out because that is something that I appreciate too. Uh, I love a good Scottish accent. Uh, so uh, did you uh, did you know that I spoke uh, with a Scottish accent? I can do one line. Steve Rosen taught me one line. It's a great day for a boat race. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, what, we, glad we have that recorded. What do you what do you think about that? That was... Uh, we should we should actually ask some of our Scottish friends what they think of that. I think that'd be a better tell uh, oh, okay. than Maybe, my, uh, my opinion. Well, I figured if I could get your good opinion, it might sway them. <laughs> but uh, so this young, feisty, short uh, Scottish girl with red uh, hair uh, felt called to the mission field. And so she felt called to Africa. And up to this time... It was actually very rare for a missionary to actually go interior in Africa. And so there were only a few men that had ever been allowed in by the Mission Society because it was highly dangerous. It was unknown. It was volatile. It was dangerous as far as just life. Uh, You have cannibals. You have uh, extreme violence. You have disease. And that was her passion. She was a single girl, which made it very difficult because it's like if she was married, maybe. So she kept making petition, and her desire was to reach those that had never been reached with the gospel. And so I think both of us just naturally just hearing her heart and it constantly being expressed and her burden for the lost is deeply stirring because so many of us esteem it, but we don't function in it. It's like we're really glad that Mary Slessers are out there. I just think... As modern Christians, we need that Mary Slessor passion inside of us. We need to actually activate it. And so that's one of the things I really appreciate about her is that she activated her faith in a very real way. She had the burden of God, and she went after it. And she actually did go interior. She was the first woman, from what I understand, 
as a missionary to ever go to interior Africa. And that's where most of the great stories begin to unfold for her. That's right. Uh, we're looking very specifically at this idea of fearlessness, especially in light of Mary Slusser. But it's interesting. We, we a few episodes ago, talked about Richard Wormbrandt, and he's well known for saying that in Scripture that there are 366 commands of do not fear, mm -hmm. uh, one for every single day of the year, including leap year. And it is amazing how often Scripture talks about this idea that regardless of what is surrounding us, regardless of the difficulties or the challenges, we are not to fear, that we are to fear God and Him alone. When you look at Mary Slusser, she did not grow up with a fearlessness. I mean, she had an alcoholic father. Uh, she spent a lot of her years uh, in the, I think it's a sewing, some sort of a sewing uh, factory. job. Factory, yeah. thank you. Uh, she had a lot, of a, a lot of hardship. She had a lot of pressure. Um, and she was actually a very timid, uh, fearful kind of a person. And yet God began to train her in this idea of fearlessness. Do you want to talk about, even just if you want to fast forward into those interior years, because going into interior Africa would have been crazy for most missionary society mindsets of like, okay, yeah, there are people there, but let's at least be on the fringe and we'll kind of sneak in on occasion. And, and if they want to come out to us, we'll, we'll talk to them, <laughs> but to go and actually have a burden to go inside and then to yeah. deal with the craziness there uh, is actually, it was, it was unprecedented in a lot of ways, but do you want to talk through some of that? Well, I think, you know, like you said, the, the at main attribute of heroism that we wanted to draw out in and through Mary Slessor is her fearlessness and fearlessness is such a shocking thing even in our world today where when you saw covid uh you know enter the the scene a couple of years ago a few years ago how long ago was that was that like 3 years ago now that's hard that's amazing uh, but when it did when it entered in fear was actually the applauded response and if you didn't have fear you were actually potentially part of the problem because you were going to be negligent in sort of being a carrier of this because you didn't take it seriously enough and so fear sounds like wisdom. And that's what I think is interesting. It was it was a whole lesson of that in the COVID era because fear was actually deemed a virtue and a help when in actuality, Scripture makes it very clear this is not a help. It's a con man. And it might give you a sense of security, but it's a false security. The greatest security is faith in Christ Jesus. And this is what she had. She deliberately made choices in her life to negate the impact of fear upon her. We were we were talking before we, we started. We didn't know if we should use the words hydrophilic and hydrophobic. Uh, but a sponge would be that picture of hydrophilic, which means it absorbs. And what? Brass would be a, a, a symbol of hydrophobic, which means it repels water. And so... Uh, there's, we say a water off a duck's back, which would be, it does not absorb the water. And when that fear and that anxiety, those circumstances come, the, the believer has a, an ability in Christ Jesus to be hydrophobic, where that fear, that anxiety, that alarm, that terror cannot seep into their soul. It's there, but it doesn't seep in and impact their attitude. It doesn't impact their actions. So as a result, they can walk through that uh, that array of you know arrows you know coming down upon them without fear that it's going to touch them because they know that they are held in the hollow of God's hand. They know that they walk in the armor of the living God, and they know that nothing can touch Him. Therefore, if they are in Him, 
nothing can touch them. And it's a logic flow that the believer is meant to have. And what I think is striking about Mary Slessor is she had that logic, and we watch her walk in it in, I mean, it's like awe as we watch this little redheaded, feisty character with a Scottish accent walk into some of the most dangerous situations that would cause grown men double her size, triple her size to melt with fear. And she has zero fear in the midst of it. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> you can actually see that in her earlier years when I think she was a teenager. She was going into a lower income part of the town for a like a Sunday school kind of a thing. And three boys showed up and began to intimidate her and held her down and was using a razor blade. And I think they were swinging it back and forth and getting closer and closer. And she began to realize in that moment that she actually did not need a fear. And she comments in some of, her, in her, some of the books about her, uh, how that actually became the trajectory of her life. Because the moment she realized as long as she stood her ground and, and held her faith in Jesus Christ, then in fearlessness, it actually caused those who were the ones pressing the the pressure that sounded really funny but but the ones causing the chaos yeah. to actually turn in fear and leave yeah. mm-hmm. and will you talk about that great story mm-hmm. in the in the in the middle of the tribe with the oil because i think it's a great outflow of what she was learning in her early years grew up into just some massive yeah. situations where she was just impervious yeah. to this idea of fear so mary goes interior and she's in a tribe where she doesn't speak their language, and she, her life is at stake, even in this situation, because the tribe is trying to decide if they should kill her or you know, if she's a spirit. <laughs> they don't know what she is. And so as a result, they're, they are more, um, they're taking their time to sort of resolve the issue. But meanwhile, while she's there, she sees this injustice taking place towards this young girl. And this young girl is going to be publicly uh, condemned. What would what would our term be? Judged. Uh, she's she's going to have hot oil poured upon her by this tribal warrior. And so there's this whole ceremony that's taking place, and the tribe is you know standing around. You know, I picture them beating drums. I have no idea what it was like, but the, she he's go, he's dancing around, and he's going to pour hot oil on her as a form of public punishment. When Mary Slessor sees this, first of all, most of us would be like, hey, Mary, it's none of your business, okay? You don't understand these tribal customs. You don't understand what's going on. She knew enough to know that this woman was innocent of whatever they were saying, and she knew that what was going to happen to her was not right. And so she leaps into the middle of this tribal ceremony and stands between the young girl and this tribal warrior with hot oil. Okay, now that's just in and of itself is about as crazy as you can get. But then he is just like mystified, trying to figure out what to do at first. And she, he realizes that she is not going to move. So he starts threatening her with hot oil, dancing around and doing it. And she will not budge. So I picture this short, little, redheaded, feisty, uh, Scottish-speaking uh, girl. And she will not budge. She's just staring him down like, I will not move. I am not afraid of you. And her lack of alarm, her lack of terror, her lack of fear actually struck terror and alarm and fear in him as a tribal warrior. It's the first time this tribe had ever seen anyone sort of outdo a tribal warrior in the fear department. And he left terrified, 
of her. And that actually was the language that spoke to the tribe that the God she served was greater than the gods they served. And it actually was showcased in and through her fearlessness. That's really good. <clears throat> There's a great passage in Philippians chapter 1 that Paul makes. This is a Philippians 1 verse 27, 28. Paul says this, he says, only live your lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, which that alone, even with Mary Slusser, is just beautiful. Uh, but Paul goes on and says, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear about your circumstances, that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, contending together for the faith of the gospel. And then here's an interesting statement he makes. In no way alarmed or terrified by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. Isn't it interesting that Paul recognizes the fact that when you live your lives worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, there are going to be opponents, and yet he says, in no way should we be terrified or alarmed by that <clears throat> by that noise and that circling mm -hmm. tribal warriors with that hot, with hot oil. oil. Uh -huh. Yeah, and when we are not alarmed and we are not terrified, it is a signal to them, and it actually creates a terror in them that they're on the losing side. They recognize that the one they are standing against is not going anywhere, and it actually is, in, in another translation, a sign of perdition <laughs> to them. It is a strong statement to their soul of the danger that they are walking in. Eric, this is just one of those themes that just seems to show up countless times throughout missionary stories, mm -hmm. is that there is this, there is a fearlessness that takes place. And it's amazing how we, as you've already mentioned, we live in a culture that it's, as, for whatever reason esteems fear. And yet it's one of the key marks of a believer that a believer is able to keep their gaze upon Jesus Christ and as such know their position in Christ. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we can actually walk in this fearlessness. Do you have any quick practicals of Someone say, say they're listening to this saying, okay, great. Uh, I would love to live without fear. I would love <laughs> not to have anxiety and worry and trepidation in, in my life. What, where do I start? What do I do? Like how, how do we as Christians practically apply and actually put this into practice? If, if you are in a, a house and it's negative 10 degrees outside and you know you have a working furnace and you know you have well-built walls and closed windows and closed doors, you don't fear a drop in temperature. You don't fear a terrible snowstorm. And the same is supposed to be true in the Christian life. But to do that, you have to know your position. It's what we say at Ellerslie all the time. You have to know that you reside in Jesus Christ. And you need to know that he's well-built, that the furnace is working, and that the walls are insulated, and that as you walk in obedience and have closed windows and closed doors, that actually the enemy has no access to you. And when you know that position, it says, you know, in the armor of God, it talks about the shield of faith repels all the fiery darts of the evil one. Most of the battle, if not 99% of the battle, is an issue of faith. It's a shield. And it's knowing that that shield will block that arrow. And if you know that that arrow cannot get through and you stand behind it, you do not fear that arrow. Anxiety is an arrow. Fear, terror, alarm, they're arrows. They are attempts of the enemy to discombobulate the Christian soul, to disorient, to distract, to turn our gaze from the living God to the circumstances of this earth. And so as a first and primary movement of soul, as we gaze upon the living God and say, all right, 
I want to stand behind that shield. I want to use you as my refuge. I want to rest in that and go to sleep in the living God, trusting that nothing of the enemy can actually harm me. That is a key first step. Cowardice is a natural state for all of us. We are naturally vulnerable to anxiety. But that's why when we come to Christ, he wants to teach us to go from being that sponge that absorbs every circumstance into our soul to being like brass, which repels it, or like the uh, feathers of a duck that causes that anxiety and that trepidation and that ang- that fear to just you know, flow off of us as opposed to sink in. And so first step, know your position in Jesus Christ, that in Christ, we have a faith that repels all the fiery darts of the evil one. Amen. Well, Eric, I'd love just to pray for just even our generation who seems to be walking in fear, but yet are called to fearlessness. So why don't we just close Amen. in prayer? Amen. Uh, Lord, we do love you. We just thank you that we have the ability to be fearless. And that we don't have to walk in worry and anxiety and trepidation and foreboding. Lord, I do pray that we would be solidified in our position with you. Uh, that we would not be distracted with the noise and the chaos surrounding us. But we, like a Mary Slessor, can stand in the midst of a crazy warrior tribe with hot oil being about to be poured upon us. And yet we could still have tremendous faith, uh, a dauntless fearlessness Uh, a resolve in our soul, knowing that you are still in control. Lord, I pray that regardless of where culture goes, regardless of where the country goes, regardless of who may be sitting upon uh, the president's seat or what what happens around us, Lord, I pray that we as believers in this generation would stand firm in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the reality of your life and all that you're wanting to do in and through us. Thank you, Jesus, that in the midst of a fearful culture, we are called to be fearless believers. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellersley.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.